0: Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host Anthony Pagnotta with you guys as always, and today back riding solo on this edition of the podcast, and I had to do it. I had to come to you here tonight because the Tar Heels have landed a massive recruit on the 2025 trail. That's right. Not the 2024 trail. They're you know starting to get things going a little bit in terms of some of the big high profile guys especially in the state of North Carolina. And I'll tell you a little bit. I'll I'll, I'll do, you know, at the end a, a little update of you know some of the stuff that Carolina is doing on the recruiting trail, guys that they're starting to trend for stuff like that. But for right now, we're going to take a look at that commitment from uh, 2025 four-star quarterback Bryce Baker. Uh, talk about you know how big that is for a Tar Heel class that uh, now can get off and rolling. And this is always really the bit the best way to start it is with a quarterback commit. And, of course, I'll talk a little bit about Zion Ferguson. Uh, haven't been able to uh, get on here and talk about him since his commitment. That's a big one for the Tar Heels on the 2024 trail, so we'll talk about that as well. But let's start with Baker. And that one, it really is huge in so many different ways. I mean, you can look at it from the perspective of in-state guys. You can look at it from the perspective of Chip Lindsey. Um, you can look at it from the state of just the quarterback position in general. All areas where there were some legitimate concerns and question marks uh, after you know what happened in the 2024 cycle. So for Carolina to get this done, for them to get it done as early as they did, Uh, It's huge. And, you know, this was a guy in in Bryce Baker that, look, his recruitment was probably going to move along relatively quick. And if you've been following, you know, the direction of college football over the last few years, it's become pretty obvious that not only are most players in general on an advanced timeline. I mean, we're seeing it with the 24 class majority of the guys for the Toros. I mean, they've already got 20 commits in the 2024 class, and they've got a whole other group of high profile targets that are still set to make their announcements. I mean, this could be Carolina by the end of the month of July could have a 24, 25 person class already secured. And look, could they potentially add somebody else down the line maybe if they feel like they have room but there's a good chance that after that their class is pretty much sealed already and they haven't even gotten to the regular season so that's where the state of recruiting in college football is at especially with NIL you kind of know everything that's going to be on the table I mean look there are some guys that Will probably have money thrown at them at different points of the season, especially if they play well during their high school season. But it's advanced now; it's the the timelines are 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 much more advanced than they were in the past, and it's not it's not any more evident than it is at the quarterback position. Uh, These quarterbacks, I mean, you the majority of these guys that are high profile guys will know their destination. Um, usually in the middle of their junior year, if not earlier. Uh, there are a lot of guys that now have gotten to the point where they will commit before their junior year of high school. And that's where we're at with Bryce Baker. Um, he was, you know, going to reveal a, a top schools list. Originally, that was his plan at the start of the month of June. But you got to give it to Carolina staff. They knocked it out of the park on this one to be able to get him in here as quickly as they did. And I think there's probably a couple of elements that go into this. I think one of the big ones is that Carolina did not have the success that they needed to at the quarterback position on the 2024 trail. And that's another big element of this commitment and why it is so important for Carolina is, look, on the 2024 trail, it's like we told you, look, Jaden Davis was a guy that I think was a long shot from the beginning for Carolina. Uh, Michigan got in there early. Michigan, by the way, is doing a really, really good job of recruiting the state of North Carolina just in general. They already have three commitments in the class. Jordan Shipp, a guy who is going to commit in mid-July, is seriously considering them along with Carolina and NC State. Uh, There is a legitimate chance that he commits there, and that would give them four commitments from the state of North Carolina alone. So that one wasn't really shocking. But you had a lead at one time for Jake Merklinger. That disappears. He goes to Tennessee. Okay, Tennessee's a team that's on the rise. Makes sense. K.J. Jackson was the guy that was supposed to be your then backup plan, And it appeared that you had him kind of locked up. That felt like the guy that, okay, if things don't work out with Merklinger, you're going to have him right there for you to then turn your attention to. And for the longest time, it looked like Carolina was in position. Okay, they're going to get him. And then Arkansas turns up the heat, and they get him. So Carolina misses on all those guys. They attempted to get in on Jack Reaser, um, or, or James Reeser, excuse me, from, from Iowa or a guy that's committed to Iowa, I should say, out of the state of Florida, state where they've had a lot of success. That doesn't work out. So now Carolina is really spinning their wheels. And that's when they land on Michael Merdinger. Guy that has a lot of upside. We'll have to wait and see. This one, though, is completely different. And now you're getting a guy in the system that you can build around in 2025. Look at how Carolina has done it in the past. Now, first time around, when you get Sam Howell, not quite what you did. But you got Drake May in pretty early. You also got Tad Hudson in very early. Tad Tad Hudson was the first guy that was committed to his class. And that's what you've done here as well. That's really the best plan when you're trying to build a class from scratch is get a quarterback in there, get him in early too. And now he's going to be able to go out and recruit some of these guys around him that he's going to, you know, still over the summer, he will still, you know, go to seven on seven camps with. Um, you'll also see, you know, him, uh, you know, as he gets in season, a lot of the guys that are local players, they have good relationships with, he's going to be able to sell that for not one year. If he would commit, you know, after the season is over, uh, it's now he's got two years where he is going to be playing this also trying to sell it to some of his teammates, East Forsyth high school, where he attends pretty good pretty good high school program in the state of North Carolina so I feel like this one is really big and then that last part that I mentioned right there North Carolina that's where this is also massive for the Tar Heels because not only do you get a quarterback in the class one of the better ones by the way and a guy that's on the rise but you also get a guy from the state of North Carolina. And look at where Carolina has been this year with a lot of their major targets. That hasn't worked out. Now, they're making a push down the stretch here for some guys. It feels like they've got a pretty legitimate chance with Malcolm Ziegler, a four-star safety in the class. Feels like they've got a really good chance with four-star wide receiver Alex Taylor. That'd give them two commitments inside the top ten prospects in this class. Something that at one time looked like it was not going to happen. And then you got Jordan Ship. Can they make, you know, a, a final push there and find a way to overtake Michigan? Who knows? But you feel a lot better about where Carolina is at than where they were earlier. It still don't feel great, though. You've got a lot of targets that you had that have gone elsewhere. Some of the top players in the state that have gone elsewhere. To get a guy like Bryce Baker in there earlier, to land the top quarterback in the state of North Carolina in the 2025 class, I find it very hard to believe that anybody is going to overtake him in the state. And a guy that, when you're ranked this early, it's really, really hard to fall way down these recruiting rankings, most guys kind of get added below you. Um, there's only eight players ranked in the class according to 24/7 sports composite player rankings at this point. but you would imagine this is a guy that's going to be inside of the top 10 like he is right now in the state of North Carolina when it's all said and done. So this is a huge addition. For Carolina. Now, the player himself, what does he bring to the table? I mean, there's a lot to like about. Uh, it really, you know, you go back and look at where he really took off, and that was at the Elite 11 Regional in Atlanta back in the month of April. That was where things really started to t- – where, where his stock really started to soar was he went there he was a standout at what was a packed regional this year got to think they have shortened the camp dates now they they don't do as many as they used to charlotte was one of the areas they used to come to they were not here this year so a lot of the guys from this area had to travel down to atlanta to participate in that camp And you're also, I mean, you're talking about a guy like Julian Lewis, who is a stud in the 2026 class that was there, was tearing it up. Other guys in the 2025 class that were tearing it up. This was as packed an Elite 11 regional as it gets. And he was a guy that every single person that you see writing about that event, they had him in there as one of the guys that was, you know, stood out and looked great. And I see, you know, a lot of the same things, a lot of people raving about uh, his, his accuracy, especially on his deep passes. There were a lot, a lot of people that were very complimentary of him in that area. Also a lot of people really excited by what they saw from him on the move. Guy that, can get outside the pocket, can make plays off-platform. That's what you're looking for from a Tar quarterback. That's what we've seen from guys like Sam Howell, like Drake May. And this guy fits that same mold. A guy that has some good mobility. Now, the rushing numbers this past year at Walkertown High School, which is where he's transferring in from, first year as a starter there, pretty solid numbers. Uh, but only ran for 139 yards on 70 attempts and one touchdown. But if you turn on his high school tape, you see the mobility is there. So everything that you really need to see with him, I feel like it's, I feel like it's there. I really do. And he's got the he's got the arm strength. I don't think that's a problem at all. Um, You know, I also think that he's a guy that, uh, you know, will will continue to progress, especially transferring up in the state of North Carolina, Walkertown High School, two A school, pretty small classification in the state of North Carolina, especially with, you know, what they did a couple of years ago when they completely, you know, changed the structure in the state, going from the uh, eight different. Classifications when it comes to the state playoffs down to just four. A lot of teams moved up in classification. A lot of teams that were in three A moved up to four A, uh, and there were teams in two A that moved up to three A. So the two A level of competition isn't great. So for him to now go to four A, East Forsyth, the team that plays some of the best in uh, that triad area year in and year out, he's going to be tested, and we're going to see what he's really made of. But it feels like this guy has the tools and attributes there to really thrive. And a lot of people feel like he is only going to get better. Uh, If he got the natural gifts, like we were telling you, it's really hard to think he won't thrive when, you know, he eventually gets to East Forsyth and plays uh, these next two years there. So I think Carolina's got a really, really good prospect here. A guy that I think is only going to continue to climb some of these recruiting boards, especially if he continues to perform the way that he is at some of these camps. He's going to stand out uh, as opposed to some of the guys that are probably ahead of him. I mean, look, right now, uh, the number 15 overall quarterback in the class, and part of the reason why he's being held back is because of the 24-7 rating. Uh, the 24-7 ranking for him, at, at this point, they have him as the number 25 quarterback in the class overall. The composite has him ranked a little bit higher. So there are other sites that are higher on him. I know Rivals, very high on him. Uh, so this is a guy that I feel like as they get more and more familiar with him, especially if he can continue to build off of you know, w- what you saw in April, it's only going to go up from there. Uh, for him so this is a great guy to build around you get a big guy in the state of North Carolina and that really helps the Tar Heels moving forward let's go to the 2024 class though and talk about a guy that's building momentum for the Tar Heels there and that is just their second four-star commit of the cycle in the form of Zion Ferguson and this one's big all around first of all cornerback uh, a guy that's over six foot, Carolina needs, they they were in desperate need of somebody that fit that profile because this last recruiting class that they brought in, brought in three corners, none of them over six foot. No no guys that that fit the mold of an outside corner. Now there are guys, you know, that we talked about, they play bigger than their size, that kind of stuff. But typically you like your outside corners to be over six foot. So he's a guy that fits, that mold uh, i think he's you know definitely got what it takes to play on the outside and you know this is this is a big addition for a team that needs commitments from guys uh that that are are going to give them you know a little bit of quality to a class that has a lot of quantity you're talking about a class that as of right now uh that that as i said they have twenty guys committed in the class. Only two of them are four star prospects. So for him to come in here, flip his commitment from lSU, um, which is you know that that is huge for Carolina to flip someone, especially a defensive back from LSU, from the you know, the SEC that's a big deal for Carolina that there is a lot of credit that needs to be given to Jason Jones, to Charlton Warren, and to Gene Shizik, who all put in the work here to get this done. But ultimately, you know, this was something that started back in April. It felt like this was sort of on the horizon for Ferguson. He took a visit in the spring to Chapel Hill. And you could tell from that point on that Carolina was – really in control of how things were going to go here. Um, They did a good job of, you know, getting him on campus in that final weekend. I think really to sort of drive home the point that uh, he was important to them. That was where they seemed to put their most important prospects. uh, The guys they valued the most in this 2024 class at when it came to official visits. So I think that was big. And we saw it; it materialized very quickly. He, you know, was on campus; um, was still there. I, I believe he may have still been on campus at the time when he decommits from LSU, and within an hour commits to Carolina. And this is a move that, um, you know, really bring it makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's got family in the area. You know, I know he's got uh, I think it's his grandmother or uh, might be an aunt, somebody that lives in the Durham area. So they have ties to this area. It makes sense why uh, he he would end up coming here um, as opposed to, you know, going to some of the other bigger schools. Um, But Again, a lot of credit needs to be given to this staff that put in the work that they needed to to flip him. Uh, What type of player are they getting? I mean, I talked about the length, but this is also a guy that I think just fits the system of what Carolina wants their corners to be able to do. Um, Zone corner, uh, that's pretty much all you see him playing on film, which is what we've seen from these Tariel defensive backs. Uh, you know, for a while now under Gene Chiswick. It was what they, you know, focused on doing the first time he was here. And last year it was more evident than ever. Most people were frustrated with the fact that he played so far off of guys. Um, now part of it and the counter from Gene Chizik would be, look, I've always been Tampa 2 heavy. And big part of Tampa 2 is that your defensive front has to be able to get to the quarterback. The Defensive front did not get to the quarterback. And that exposed this secondary, which does have some weaknesses, but it's still going to be tough to really thrive when you don't have a defensive front that can put pressure on the quarterback and puts everything on these corners to tackle in space. But that's what you see with Ferguson, a guy that moves incredibly well uh, in the zone defense, a guy that has very good short area quickness and burst, allows him to break on the football, allows him to close in on ball carriers when they already have the football and make plays. I thought a guy very willing to help in run defense. You don't see it too often, but still a guy that that shows a little bit of tenacity, likes to lay the big hit, very athletic player, moves very well in space. So all the attributes that you need to see from him as a corner, um, you, you really like. And then there's the, there, there's the thing that we – really are wanting to see from the corners moving forward. And that's the ability to play the football. And when you hear that, you might say, okay, well, you're talking about a guy that can create turnovers, right? Well, we've got some of those guys on campus now. Yes. But also it's just a guy that's very smart in coverage that knows how to make plays even if it's not creating a turnover. That's one of the biggest issues that we've seen from Carolina's corners over the last couple of years, is that there are times where guys just get lost in space. They may even have great positioning, but because they sort of get lost out there, the ball somehow finds its way into whatever receiver they're covering. They pick up a pass interference penalty. You see a smart player on film that just knows how to – make plays on the football. And I think that's that's really what Carolina needs more than anything from their outside corners. They cannot allow these big plays down the field. You didn't see that often with them. This year was able to create those turnovers that you need to see from three interceptions, including uh, one incredibly athletic one. If you go and watch his film uh, from his junior year at Gainesville High School down in Georgia – absolutely outstanding diving interception for uh, the third one that he has on his highlight film. Don't know if that's the third one of the year may have just been placed like that because it's his best, but really a guy that uh, I, I think fits exactly what Carolina needs outside a corner. And I think, you know, looking at the way he's built now, he is a little slight. He is six foot, 161. I think he's going to have to put on a little bit more weight uh, for you to feel real confident about him out there, especially if he's going to help in run defense. But at the same time, this dude feels like the way that he plays, how well he fits this zone-heavy defensive scheme, he's a guy that can come in here and make a Pretty sizable impact early when he arrives to campus. That's huge for a Carolina secondary that doesn't have a lot of answers. Even the guys that they are bringing in this year. You're talking about bringing in Elijah Huzzy now. He's got a couple of years uh, left on campus, but Armani Chapman doesn't have extra years. Um, and you, you know you still don't really know about guys like Legend Cavazos and Marcus Allen love the upside of both guys I think especially Marcus Allen, you feel like that's a guy that showed you something late last year that you want to be confident in but at the same time we've seen it with the guys that came before them you don't know for sure what you've got and you know if they' you never know what could happen with an injury you've got to have some depth there. I think Zion Ferguson at the least does that for you and also gives you a guy that I think has a chance to be a really, really good player in your system in the years moving forward. Well, I said I was going to give you a little bit of an update on the rest of the guys in the 2024 class. Guys, we're coming down the stretch here. They're, things are going to be uh, you know, popping off here, pretty hot and heavy. And I don't know why I use the word popping off, although you will see some guys that will be popping in terms of their commitments uh, to different schools it's already started. There are a couple of guys that went elsewhere. Anthony Carey goes to Michigan State, the four-star running back target that the tutorials had. Really thought there was a chance that Carolina, with T- uh, Tavani Mizell going to Kentucky, they would have an opportunity to land his commitment. That does not happen. He will instead go to East Lansing and be the guy up there in that class. That's the thing. You got Davian Gauss. Now for Carolina, though, that becomes the main focus. Hold on to Davian Gauss right in Miami's backyard, uh, in the state of Florida in general. Still got Florida State, Florida, who could always get involved in that one. Carolina needs to make sure that they are doing everything they possibly can to hold on to that commitment. I get it. That's a loaded running back. But you'd imagine at some point here, and maybe it's after fall camp, whatever when they see the depth chart maybe it's even early in fall camp when they see the depth chart there are going to be transfers at that position at some point there's just there's a log jam there there are so many guys in that room that are very talented that contribute uh, if they need to help we've seen most of them contribute at certain times at carolina so they have to you know eventually they have to you know Somebody is going to have to go somewhere else in order to find playing time. Carolina needs to continue to stock that room up, especially in the transfer portal era. So they need to hold on to Davian Gauss. Uh, won't be easy. Not only is it in you know the state of Florida, but also guy that plays at Chaminade Madonna High School, uh, which is one of the more predominantly known high schools in the state of Florida, and really in the southeast in general, he's got you know a a, a guy his, his high school teammate Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio State. So there's going to be a lot of big name programs that are going to be around uh, that you know that that high school this year. You need to make sure that you do everything that's on Larry Porter, Mac Brown, the offensive staff to make sure that they uh, keep a hold of that one. The other guy that Carolina had as a target that went elsewhere recently, Trajan Greco. Uh, he commits to Georgia Tech. This one, not really shocking. Guy we just talked about, probably the reason why he ends up uh, going elsewhere. Um, and, I, you know, I got to be honest, really like Trajan Greco, like some of the things that he could do. Um, certainly, I think he would have been the guy that if you took somebody else over Carlos Mitchell Jr., that would have been the guy. Um, pro- to, to play that slot corner spot, but it doesn't end up working out. He instead now is going to play at Georgia tech. Uh, and, you know, I think that's something that we knew was possible. Um, he had, you know, the scheduled visit to Kansas uh, canceled that uh, don't know if, if maybe 24 seven sports just got it mixed up with that uh, thought that they, you know, for some reason it was Kansas uh, instead of Georgia tech, but, he ends up going with the hometown team, commits there. And Carolina looks like they are pretty much done at the cornerback position in this class. But there are a bunch of guys that are going to be committing here within the next couple of days. Really, these next two days are huge for Carolina. Um, it'll start with Corey Duff Jr. at a the three-star uh four star tight end, excuse me, at a St. Anthony's. High School in Melville, New York. He will commit uh, on Thursday night at 6.45 p.m. It's down to Carolina. And Rutgers seems like a lot of people feel like it'll probably be Rutgers. They have done a really good job uh, of recruiting him, uh, as well as a lot of prospects in the Northeast. It makes sense. That's the area where they're going to recruit well. Um, but they just in general have started recruiting a lot better here recently. And uh, you would you would expect nothing different with Greg Sciano now back there. So uh, that one, you know, Carolina, I think maybe they have a last minute pushing them there. It really did feel like for a while that was pretty neck and neck. So you never really know, but especially with Carolina having two guys already committed to the class at tight end. Wouldn't shock me if that does go in the other direction. Also, on June 29th, as of right now, don't know the time on this one, three-star wide receiver Keenan Jackson out of Weddington High School in Weddington, North Carolina. Uh, Big-time, you know, in-state guy uh, at wide receiver. uh, You know, the lowest strength of all the receivers out there. But really, the reason I put the big-time moniker on him is that this is one Carolina's been – in on for a while. They have put in a lot of work with him. He has taken a lot of visits to campus. This is one that they really really want to have, especially with NC State, Duke, Virginia Tech, the other teams that hosted him for official visits. It feels like getting this win uh would be significant for Carolina and uh look, the feeling is as of right now no crystal balls or future cast on rivals uh or, or in place for him but with the track record that carolina has it feels like it's between them and nc state and you have to feel pretty confident about carolina's chances here and again i think the wide receiver spot more than any right now is all about first come first serve if you want to be a part of this wide receiving group you need to get in here now you cannot wait because they are they Probably have a number that they are willing to take. As of right now, no wide receivers committed in the class, but it's going to fill up quick. You're going to see guys start committing to this class. And if you don't go ahead and announce your commitment on time, or at least give them the silent commitment if you're waiting till later in the month of July for some reason, then your spot's going to be gone. So for Keenan Jackson to get in there early, that could be huge. We'll see, though. NC State could be, you know, a team that lures him away, especially especially uh, if they are, you know, trying to sell to him that you will be our guy. Carolina is looking at some of these other big-name prospects. So I think it's down to those two. But I think Carolina probably feels pretty decent about their hopes right now. And then to close out the week, there are, uh, you know, two other guys that uh, I don't know if, the com- if there is re- really as close a competition with them as the other two guys that we talked about, um, you know, four-star wide receiver Braylon Staley out of Aiken high school in Aiken, South Carolina. That one may have you scratching your head. Well, he was just on campus for an official visit. It seemed like after uh, he, you know, said to Phil Kornblut down in South Carolina there, that he was, taking Clemson off the board, really that Clemson was taking him uh, off their board uh, after landing two wide receiver commits, that Carolina was in a really great spot. And they were. And who knows? Carolina had the last shot here. Maybe they found a way to uh, nudge this one out. But Tennessee blew him away in that second to last weekend. The quotes that were coming out from him after that trip, uh, pretty much told you the story that this dude really, really liked what he saw from Tennessee, really liked the way that they were saying that they were going to be able to use him in their offense. And look, way that Tennessee's offense worth last year, how could you not be enticed by that? Carolina's got some question marks in terms of what their offense will look like. It makes a lot of sense. So I think Carolina's still got a fighting chance here, but Tennessee's gonna go in as the favorite. And then three-star defensive lineman DeAndre Cook from the Washington, D.C. area. If this commitment was back in April, Carolina would have this one wrapped up. This guy literally went out of his way from the D.C. area to come to Chapel Hill and take an unofficial visit. It felt like at that time Carolina had this thing on locks. But Penn State got involved really, really heavy here. There have been some other big-name schools that have gotten involved. I think it's probably going to end up being Penn State. A lot of the uh, recruiting websites agree with that. I mean, for Carolina, do they have an opportunity here? Probably not. I I think that's probably out the window. I think they're focused on other guys. I think it's probably more on Marcus Downs and Justin Terrell at this point for Carolina. Um, So this is just one where, hey, you count it as, as a team that's Closer to him in terms of proximity, Uh, team that's done a better job than you have on the recruiting trailers. No denying that in this class in Penn State, uh, just really turned up the e for him and ended up landing his commitment. And I think that's ultimately what's probably going to end up happening with that. So that's your look at. Uh, This up, you know, what the the rest of this week. Uh, Actually, it's going to happen really here uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, So a lot of you know big time guys starting to come off the board here, and we're going to have you covered. There are plenty of other big names that still have yet to announce their commitment dates. Others that are have already announced that they will commit uh, throughout the month of July, and of course, all those ones that we just told you about right there. We have you covered on the website. HeelToughBlog.com. Most important thing, though, make sure you go back and read the breakdown of Bryce Baker in the 2025 class, the four-star quarterback that committed uh, tonight. And make sure you also go back and check out the article on Zion Ferguson. In-depth piece on him. Don't want to miss that. You also want to go back and check out the article on Ashton Woods, who was another big Uh, Piece that Carolina landed in their recruiting class in the middle of last week. Uh, Make sure you go back and check that out. And of course, I do have an article that's getting ready to come out that will take you guys through what the upcoming schedule for commitments looks like. Just like the article uh, that we wrote earlier on in, uh, actually, it was back in the month of May uh, when I first put it up, Uh, but we were updating it all throughout the month. Uh, The article that went up there to show you the official visit schedule. I will have an article that will be going up about the decision dates of the major targets. We will update that if there are guys that add their decision dates on there. So make sure you check that out over on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Also, while you're there, basketball side of things, Carolina misses on Jaren Stevenson. So we've got an article up there about that. And Carolina is also talking to a West Virginia transfer, a forward that is transferring out after Bob Huggins' departure from the program. Josh, uh, we'll see if, you know, I think he's going to put something up about that. So make sure you check that out as well on the website uh, over there on the uh, basketball side of things uh, we will you know, be rolling through that roster still not complete believe it or not three open scholarship spots there's still a lot in flux he'll have you covered on all that and before you know it this team believe it or not will be out there practicing so all of that stuff will be covered as we uh, steam towards a very important season on both sides both sports uh, for uh, the Tariel football and basketball program. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. Want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Toriel.